the sermon from St. John's, Hancock, Minnesota, on April 18, 2010, for the third Sunday of Easter. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit brings us to our risen Savior Jesus Christ is the gospel for today, John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus again showed himself to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He did it in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples were together. Simon Peter says to them, I'm going fishing. They say to him, We're also coming with you. They went and got in the boat. That night they caught nothing. When it was already early morning, Jesus stood on the shore, and nevertheless the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus says to them, Fellows, you don't have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they did, and they were not able to draw it in any longer because of the number of fish. Then that disciple whom Jesus loved says to Peter, It is the Lord. So after hearing that it was the Lord, Simon Peter tied his outer cloak around himself, for he had taken it off and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came with the little boat, dragging the net of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about three hundred feet. Then when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there, and fish and bread lying on it. Jesus says to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught now. So Simon Peter went and drew on to the land the net filled with a hundred and fifty-three large fish. Even though there were so many, the net didn't tear. Jesus says to them, Come, have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Knowing it was the Lord. Jesus comes, takes the bread and gives it to them, and does the same with the fish. This was already the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after rising from the dead. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Well, here they were, waiting. Waiting there by the Sea of Tiberias, which we better know as the Sea of Galilee. Hadn't that been what the angel told the women? Go tell the disciples and Peter, I am going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see me just as I told you. So here they were. Waiting. Waiting for Jesus. Now what? Now what was going to come next? What might have been going through your mind if you had been one of those disciples waiting there, wondering, worrying? If you had been Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, What do you think you would be thinking that Jesus might be saying to you when he came here? Think about Thomas. Thomas had doubted the testimony of the other disciples. He considered them to be fools or liars to think that Jesus had risen from the dead. 
He needed proof. He needed to touch Jesus and he still would have been blinded by his unbelief if Jesus had not appeared again a week after Easter and invited Thomas to touch his wounds. Then there was Nathanael. Three years earlier, Nathanael had confessed that Jesus was the Son of God, the King of Israel. But Nathanael had abandoned his God and King in that Garden of Gethsemane. Then those two sons of Zebedee, James and John, a while earlier they had asked to sit at Jesus' right and his left in his kingdom. They said they could drink the cup that he was going to be drinking. But they couldn't even stay awake to pray with him for an hour in that time of darkness. And they too fled like the other disciples. What might be going through your minds if you were waiting there with the disciples? Peace be with you. Well, that, that's what Jesus had said on those first two times he had appeared to them as a group on, on that night of his resurrection and then a week later. Peace be with you. That's why Jesus had come. To bring peace with God. To pay for their sins through his death on the cross. To reconcile them by his sacrifice the Lamb of God slaughtered for them. Peace be with you. But, but even with that divine forgiveness, how could they ever be suitable for that work that Jesus had been preparing them to do? How could they ever be suitable as his witnesses after they had, had failed so miserably? Just think of it. After three years of intense, around-the-clock training, seven days a week, they had failed. They had messed up. Oh yes, on, on that first Easter night, Jesus had said to them, as the Father has sent me, so also am I sending you. But, but Jesus didn't mess up, did he? He accomplished that mission the Father sent him to this earth to do. He accomplished it perfectly. But what about them? How they had messed up. How they screwed up. How would Jesus ever send out screw-ups like them? Like Peter, who denied Jesus three times, like those other disciples. What do you think they were wondering and worrying about? Well, it seems maybe that it was too much for Peter just to be sitting there wondering and worrying, so he says, let's go fishing. And the others join him. But what a wasted night. They caught nothing. And then this early morning stranger on the shore tells them to put their nets on the other side of the boat. It's the wrong time, wrong place, and what difference does the side of the boat make? But there's nothing else to do. Might as well throw the nets in and look what happened. So many fish that they couldn't even haul the nets back into the boat. Something like that had only happened once before. It was on this same lake here. Early in Jesus' ministry, he had been teaching the crowds along the shore. Jesus himself had been in Simon Peter's boat, preaching and teaching to them. And when he had finished, he told Simon Peter to put his boat out into the deep water and let down his nets. And at that time, the caught so many fish that the nets began to break. Peter had a signal to his partners in the other boat, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, to come over and help. And even with those two boats, 
There were so many fish that they both began to sink. At that time, in the presence of Jesus, Peter realized his complete unworthiness. He falls at Jesus' knees and says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. But Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Now we have the same Jesus, the same miracle, on the same lake. Might not those same words still apply? Yes, dear friends, they certainly did. Those same words. Don't be afraid. Rather, be at peace. You are forgiven. And yes, I am still sending you out to catch men. My mission for you has not changed. You will no longer be fishermen, but fishers of men. For you see, Jesus even sends out screw-ups. And dear friends, he sends out you and me. How often haven't I screwed up, failing to, to speak up for my Savior when I should have? Or saying too much when Christian love should have listened with an empathetic ear? How often haven't I spoken a harsh word when a gentle word was needed or spoken a gentle word when I was supposed to be confronting sin? How often has wanting to be liked or wanting others uh, to accept me kept me from honoring my God and his truth in uh, in the eyes of those who do not fully hold to what God's word says? How many deeds of Christian love have I left undone, dismissing them as inconvenient or more suitable for a later time? How often haven't I focused on myself, on what I want, rather than on my family, my church, my neighbor, my Lord? In how many ways have I denied my Savior? In how many ways have you? Now, we could simply try not to think about that and busy ourselves with with work, chores, home, family, school, sports, music, TV, movies, games, hunting, videos, entertainment, recreation. We could even busy ourselves with fishing like Peter did. Or you could listen and hear your Savior say to you, dear friend, peace be with you. I have paid for your sins. I am the Lamb of God slaughtered for you. Here is my body given for you. Here is my blood shed for you. Eat, drink, believe. You are forgiven. Be at peace with God. For my death reconciled you to Him. Yes, Jesus speaks those words to you and to me. 
And he also sends us out. Though we have screwed up yet, he still sends you and me out as his witnesses. For just think about it. Who better to witness about the great forgiveness of our Lord and Savior than people like you and me who know how desperately wicked our sin is and how damning it is and who rejoice in the unsurpassing richness of God's grace in Christ that forgives even a sinner like me and like you. Think of Saul, who became the Apostle Paul. Think of the person focused on in the video there, Gary Lupe. Yes, the Lord sends out even screw-ups like you and like me. Might you prepare yourself for the Lord to call you as a pastor or Christian school teacher or missionary or staff minister. None of us are, are worthy of such a calling, but remember the Lord sends out screw-ups. Or maybe you can serve in another way as a Sunday school teacher or elder or evangelist. And, and just don't think of those official positions because the Lord uses us as witnesses in, in so many unofficial ways every day of our lives. Think of the words of kindness or the acts of mercy that you can do through which the love of Christ shines through you to others. How many opportunities does Jesus place before you to share the good news of his death and resurrection, to tell the story of repentance and forgiveness of sins through Jesus? Whom has he brought into your life to whom you can serve as his ambassador and witness? And if in the past you've screwed up and, and, and you feel that, that fear, that, that, that self-consciousness because you know you've messed up in the past, remember, remember Jesus sends out even screw-ups. And dear friends, he can send us out because you see the results don't depend on you or me. They depend on Jesus. Just, just again, think of the disciples on that Sea of Galilee there. They had used their years of experience and their skills as a fisherman, and how much did they catch? Nothing. The results were empty nets. But Jesus speaks his promise. Throw your nets on the other side of the boat, and, they will, and you will find some. And the results? Nets so full of fish that they couldn't haul the net in. Yes, the results depend on Jesus. We cast our nets, but what fills them is not our ability, our talents, our expertise, though we certainly want to faithfully use the abilities God gives us. The results don't depend on you and me, they depend on Jesus. We cast the nets, he fills them. We plant the seed, he makes it grow. We speak his word of truth, the gospel, he sends the Holy Spirit to work saving faith. For you see, the Lord has promised. He has promised in Isaiah 55, just as the rain and snow come from heaven and water the earth and don't return to it without watering the earth and, and making it bud and flourish so that there is seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so also is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty 
but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What a blessing, pointing us to Jesus. What a blessing that the results depend on Jesus. What a promise. And, and what a blessing that he chooses to involve you and me in this work. What a blessing that he chooses even someone like us to be his witnesses, to testify of the great things he has done through his life, death, and resurrection to bring salvation. What a blessing that he chooses even us to be messengers of that good news of forgiveness through the repentance of our sins. What a blessing that he even uses screw-ups like us. For you see, Jesus doesn't really need us to do this work, does he? He could have chosen so many other people or so many other ways. And, and again, just think of the disciples there. He didn't need the fish they caught, did he? When they got back there, he already had fish and bread on the charcoal fire. He who could feed 5,000 could certainly feed seven disciples. But he stoops to use even you and me in this most glorious of his work of proclaiming the great salvation of our God. Yes, he even uses screw-ups like us. Now, that of course shouldn't lead us to, to give a, only a half-hearted attempt and not do our best thinking, well, you know, why try hard? Jesus will fix it anyway. And that shouldn't lead us to give an excuse, or, uh, to, to excuse uh, spiritual laziness or indifference, thinking, you know, I'll just do what I want and Jesus will get his stuff done some other way. He doesn't need me anyway. Now those are the thoughts and attitudes that flow from our sinful old nature. But you, dear friends, you are a new creation. Jesus' promise has come into your heart. Your faith hears those words that say to you, I, Jesus, have paid for your sins. You are forgiven. Be at peace with God. And then your faith rejoices to hear him continue to say, And now, as my blood-bought people, as my forgiven child, I send you out as my witness. Even me? Even after I've messed up and failed and screwed up, you, you still want me to do that work? Yes. I send out even you as my witness. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.